So I want to just begin with a few words of gratitude. Um, years ago, I was speaking for one of the first times that I was kind of nervous, and my mom said, you know, Cheryl, in the Psalms it says over and over again, it's good to praise the Lord in the company of the faithful. It is good to praise the Lord in the company of the faithful. And so when I get an opportunity to speak, I'm always grateful that people make time out of your busy schedules, because I know, at least for me, time is one of my most precious commodities to come and to gather and to speak about the Lord. And yet, I look out at this group, and it's a different group, because you have had an impact on my life like no other group that I've spoken to. Um, many of you I've known since you were in the womb, <laughs> and, uh, and, you were there, and many of you were there for me when my kids were in the womb. And so I look at you, and I know that I would not be the person that I am today, and I would not know the Lord like I do today without you. So I am just very, very grateful. I don't know. I don't usually cry. I'm Scandinavian, Scandinavian <laughs> but uh, this may happen this week, so we'll just go with the flow. Um, but I'm, I'm just grateful, so thank you for that. A couple of weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago, uh, a friend and spiritual mentor told me three times. In fact, the third time he called me and said, Cheryl, I just feel like the Lord is urging me to encourage you to do what makes your heart sing. I, I think you should write down all the things that make your heart sing, and you are to do what makes your heart sing. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about why he said that towards the end of our, our time this week, but um, this is what makes my heart sing. It really does, because I love to talk about how good is our God and how much he loves us. It just gives me such great joy. And yet, I found a couple weeks ago that I was a little nervous, and I, I, I guess I get used to it, because I've spoken enough that I know that nerves can be a part of it. And I also know that the answer is prayer. So I'm grateful there was a group of friends that prayed over me once. Patty, where Patty prayed over me in my driveway for a while, and it just was just really set my heart at ease. And on Tuesday, just a couple days ago, I went to our church. We belong to Our Lady of Grace Church in Edina, and I talked to our young priest, who's not even 30, <laughs> and uh, he gave me just wonderful words of encouragement and wisdom that really kind of set my heart at ease. And then I went to mass, and. Across the entire world, there's the same reading. But in this case, the reading was God's particular gift to me. I know that. They read it in Rome. They read it in Japan. They read it in Faribault. But he meant this for me. This is what it says. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming the mystery of God... I did not come with sublime words or wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I love this. This is Paul. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. So I'm in good company. <laughs> and my message and proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of spirit and power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. I am not going to say anything sublime. I'm not going to say anything wise in and of myself. And I've asked a number of people to be praying for us, and every time I asked them to pray, I said, 
it really doesn't matter what I say. What matters is what God says to your heart. And oftentimes people hear things that don't come out of my mouth. And that's wonderful. That's the, that's the Lord working in your hearts. And this is what I hope that we receive. What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. This God reveals to us through the Spirit. And that is my hope and prayer for each of us this, during these days together, that we will each receive the particular word of love that the Lord has for us. Um, this is one of my favorite books. It's called I Believe in Love, and it's actually a retreat of 10 different conferences that's in book form. And um, it's all about uh, the theology of, of St. Therese, which I will also talk about a little bit later. But Father Delby, he's now deceased, but he was talking about God's love. And in the introduction, this is what he says. We have spoken of his love for everyone. Let us now talk about his love for you personally. This is a meditation which you will not find in books. It is a meditation that you will discover in the book of your life. And that is what my hope is for our time together, that as we talk about the Lord and his love for us, that that love will move from our head to our heart and even actually beyond that to, to be this permeating love that fills our whole being and transforms us. So as I begin, I'm going to be sharing experiences from my life, so I want to give you just a little bit of my background. I would not have told you nearly what as many things that Pete told you about myself. But I do want to tell you a little bit about my spiritual journey because it's going to come into play with some of the things I share. Um, I was born in Kentucky, and I have the gift of having had amazing parents. Um, it is no strong effort for me to believe that God is a loving parent because my parents showed me love. That self-sacrificial love was just throughout my whole life with them. But when I was born, we didn't go to church. So I lived in Kentucky for six years. We moved to Minot, North Dakota when I was six. And this whole time, my experience of religion was Santa at, East, at Christmas and bunnies at Easter. That was it. And I still remember where I was on my grade school playground when I was eight years old. And my friends Mary and Sherry asked me if I was baptized. And I said no. And um, as only eight-year-olds can do, they told me what the ramifications of that meant. <laughs> so I, uh, I went home, and I may not have known much about religion, but I knew that I didn't want what they told me was coming. And so I asked my mom if I could be baptized. And when I was a, a young adult, my mom was going to share her testimony with her church, and she said, could she read it to me? And she recalled being at that kitchen sink, and me coming up to her and asking if I could be baptized. And so she and I walked a couple blocks from our house to the First Presbyterian Church. We started going to church. My younger brothers joined us soon after that. My dad came along. And um, on November 11th, which is 11-11, every time I look at the clock and it's 11-11, I say, thank you, Lord. November 11th of 1972, I was baptized. And when I look back on my life, I don't remember any, like, stirring of the Holy Spirit at that moment, but I can truly say that from that point on, 
God has had his hand on me, and I have always wanted more. I've always wanted more of him. He's led me through Bible studies and camps and retreats and prayer and anything I could do to grow in my faith I wanted to do. So I was worshipped in the Presbyterian Church all through my growing up years in Minot, and then we went, I went to college, and I went to St. Olaf College. I saw Anders has his shirt on from St. Olaf, and all of a sudden I'm now worshipping in the Lutheran tradition. And at first I didn't really like the liturgy, then I fell in love with the liturgy, worshipped there for four years, and not only did I fall in love with the liturgy, but I fell in love with Dan Moran. And, and a few years later, we were engaged, and we knew that we wanted to worship in one church. And so we, we really prayed and discerned. It was not an easy decision, but really, I felt that the Lord was calling me to be Catholic. And so for the last 35 years, I have been in the Catholic church. And so when I'm sharing my experiences... Um, I'm going to try to explain them and, and say them that, so that it reaches across all denominations. But if I say something that doesn't make sense or a word that you're not familiar with, please pull me aside and I will do my best to explain. But that's just a little story of my journey. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to say, Pete already mentioned this, but um, I have been really blessed to be um, starting to be a spiritual director. So if you want... You know, there's times there to sign up. And am I going to do it in the library, do you, do we think? Uh, I haven't seen the person. Okay, we're going to try it. We're going to start in the library, uh, which is right by the, the meals. And if it doesn't work, we'll find somewhere else. But that's where I'll be. And if you, if you don't have time to sign up or it doesn't work for you, just grab me and we can go for a walk or have a meal together. But I'm, I'm happy to, I'm not going to give you any, like, earth-shattering wisdom because I don't have it. I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody. I love that line. I will use that much. <laughs> um, but I can be a sounding board and kind of help you to just kind of look at your journey with the Lord. So, let's pray. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made, with, made through him. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, all who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. Lord, we thank you that you are the light of the world. You are the true light that enlightens each and every heart. And you give us the power by your Holy Spirit to know you and to know your love and to know it in a personal, particular, life-changing way. We thank you that you desire this for us even more than we do. And as Rich was saying, we ask that you dispose our hearts Help us to picture you loving us, 
so that we can receive whatever it is, the particular message that you have for each of us. Lord, let it not be my words that are shared, but yours. Not my heart, but your heart. Not my love, but your love. Amen. About 10 years ago, I was at a really fun dinner in northeast Minneapolis, and it was in this, like, artist warehouse. And there was this long table. I think there was 20 or 30 of us. And it was really a fun dinner, but my favorite thing is I got to sit next to my neighbor. And I knew her, and I knew she was a really cool person, and I heard a little bit about what she did, but I didn't really know her well. So I said, Cindy, tell me, tell me about what you do. Tell me about your life. And she said, well, I'm a life coach for IBM. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, basically, it means learning to ask the right big questions. So she was a very, very successful salesperson at IBM, and they wanted her to pass on her knowledge to others. But she said, I can tell someone what to do, but it'll go in one ear and out the other. They may or may not receive it. But if I can ask the right big questions, and that person can come up with these solutions on their own, they're going to own it, they're going to incorporate it in their life, and it's going to trans transform them. And this was a really earth-shattering concept for me because as the older sister of two younger brothers, I had perfected the art of telling people what to do. <laughs> and if you doubt that, you could ask my husband and you could ask my daughter. <laughs> I was really good at it, really good at it. Uh, but since that time, I've seen the, the wisdom in that, and I've tried to be much better at asking good questions. And that's really come in helpful when I've been on this journey of spiritual direction, because really, it's, it's each heart. God wants to speak to the heart. He doesn't want me to. He wants to. And so what we're going to do this week, we have, I have six talks to give, and they're each going to be a question. And because I need to remember all these talks, it's going to be really easy. It's going to be who, what, when, where, why, and how. So we're going to start with who. So our first talk is all about who, and specifically, who am I? Who am I? Um, pope Benedict was pope right before um, Pope Francis. And he was really known for his intellect. He was the head person in the Catholic Church that dealt with all things theology, doctrine, scripture, etc., and knew, spoke many languages, really, really a brilliant, brilliant man. And yet when he became Pope, at his very, very first message to the people, he said this, Christianity is not an intellectual system. This is an intellect saying this. Christianity is not an intellectual system a collection of dogmas, or a moralism. Christianity is an encounter. It's a love story. Christianity is an encounter, a love story. And then he went on, and this is one of my favorite quotes ever. He said, each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. Each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. I mentioned that after my baptism at nine, I, 
I've always had this desire for more, and I, I've always known that God loves me. But it really was like kind of along the lines of Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Um, but about six or seven years ago, um, God took me to a whole new depth of understanding his love. It started when we had this young priest over for dinner, and I said to him, I'm in my 50s at this point, I said, you know, he's probably, he's probably 25. I don't, <laughs> I hang around really wise young people. Um, and I said, you know, Father, I said, I'm finally at the point in my life where I really want to say to God, you can have it all. Everything, no holds barred. You just, here I am, do with me what you want. And he said, you should go on a retreat with Monsignor Esif. And I said, I would love to go on a retreat with Monsignor Esif. He goes, I have his cell phone number. So he called Monsignor Esif, and I went on a retreat with Monsignor Esif. Monsignor Esif is now 95. When I went and met with him, he was 88. And he was a very dear friend of Mother Teresa. He is known around the world as being an incredible spiritual director. I can meet people all over the country and we start a conversation and they're like, you've gone on a retreat with Monsignor Esif, haven't you? I'm like, yes, yeah, so have you. <laughs> so here's this man who is legally blind, almost deaf, and he hears and sees God like no one I've ever known before. So I go to meet with him and I'm in this retired priest's home and just go back to his little apartment. I mean, honestly, his room is like, I mean, his whole place where he lives is like the size of the stage at the most. And he's sitting in this room and he's in this chair and there's an empty chair there and I'm here. And he starts talking to the chair. <laughs> he goes, Father, your daughter Cheryl is here. Tell her what you want her to hear and what you want her to do. And then he just sat and there was quiet for a minute. And then he, asked, he started asking me a few questions. So we talked a little bit. And he said, all right, he said, I'm going to have you pray. You're going to go out and you're going to pray these four different hours of prayer. And this is what I want you to ask God. He said, I want you to ask him for an entirely new awareness and experience. He said, it's very important that you ask for both. An awareness and experience of his infinite love for you. And then he gave me this way to pray, which I'm, I've got outlined in, in a little more detail in the prayer journals I'm going to be giving you in a little bit. But I'm going to walk you through it this first time for sure today. He taught me how to pray. And then he sent me off, and I started to pray. So I, I went in this little chapel, and I'm praying with Ephesians 1, 3 through 10, and I say, Lord, I, I really am asking you for an entirely new awareness and experience of your infinite love for me. And I started reading, let me see where it is, Ephesians 1, and this is what I read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. And it went on, but I was captivated by the word, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. 
And I just sat there with that, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you're speaking to me here because I can't move on. And I said, it says right here that you chose me. But why? Why, why would you choose me? And so clearly, although not audibly, he said to me, because you delight me. You give me such great delight. And my understanding of his love for me went from my head to my heart to every cell in my body. And my life changed in that moment because I knew God loves me. I knew it like I've never known it before. And the fact is, he wants that for each of us. And, at that, and I've only scratched the surface. We've all only scratched the surface. There's always so much more. And so that's why it's so important that each of us ask this question. Because I have my experience, but that's his word for me, and he wants that experience for each of you. Now, I had the privilege of leading people on retreats, and I'm telling you, it's not unique to me. I see it time and time again. They, they meet God in the Good Shepherd. They meet God in the Father who who's, sees them in the prodigal son, or they, it, he comes out to them as the older son and invites them in. He meets them in the Isaiah 43 that we were just singing that, you know, he's with, with us in the fire and through the, he said, people have said he picks me up and puts me on my shoulders and his shoulders and walks through the rivers. He wants to encounter each of us. This is his living word. This is not a record of what he said in the past. This is the way that he speaks, one of the ways that he speaks to us now. Just as those words were spoken that St. Paul read, wrote to the Ephesians, God used those words to speak his words to me. And he wants to do that for each of us. This is another one of my favorite books. Wilfred Stinson, someone gave me a Wilfred Stinson book and so I ordered every book I could find that he wrote. This one's my favorite, it's just Daily Reflections. But he says this, oops, that's the wrong one. He said, many people, believers and non-believers alike, are aware that love is the only transforming power in the world. Through faith, you know that you are loved by God with a creative, respectful, unique, and personal love. God calls you by name. He calls you by name. Right now, or he gave me the name, my delight, but now my name, I think, is little one, or littlest one. I'm kind of moving towards nobody. <laughs> God knows your joys and disappointments, your weaknesses and strengths, your hopes and feelings. But this is what he says. The hardest thing for a human being to comprehend is for a human being to comprehend that he or she is loved by such a love. It's hard for us. We just, it's just hard to accept that we are that amazing. But we are. But we need God to reveal it to us. We need God to reveal it to us. Your whole life, every hour of prayer, all your spiritual reading ought to deal with making this truth come alive in you. 
if you know yourself to be loved, you will radiate this love to the world. Um, Steve and Pete, Pete and Steve and Steve and Patty and Danny, can you pass out those journals? So, as I said, it's not my words that are going to make a difference, but it's God's. And so we need to have time to pray. And I've been at family camp with little kids, and I know there's no time to pray. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you time to pray. <laughs> so what I'm hoping to do is each talk have a little time where we can pray with these questions. Um, in these journals, the first, you'll see there's some handouts on the left. One just talks a little bit about prayer. The second one talks about uh, three different ways to pray. Everyone, prayer is really your relationship with God. And since we each are unique and have our own unique relationship with God, we're each going to pray in our own unique way. So there's no right or wrong way to pray. But these are some tips. And this ARRR, which is one of the, the first ones in the how to pray, is what Monsignor S. have taught me. And it's, I have just found, Danny, back there. Um, he can't hear. <laughs> um, anyway, I find that when I get distracted in prayer or kind of in a dry spell, I'll go back to this ARR, and I'm going to walk us through that. Um, but uh, just a, a, a few things before we start. One of the most important things we do is exactly what... Um, Rich was saying in, as, as he was leading us in song so beautifully, that we begin by realizing that we are already in God's presence. I cannot tell you, I'm, I'm just embarrassed to say it, because I, I love to pray, and I pray a long time every day, and so many times I forget that I'm in God's presence. I'm sitting there, I'm going, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm just like giving him my, I'm not, I'm not even giving it to him, I'm just reciting my laundry list. But we want to realize that we're having this encounter with him, so we begin by re realizing that we're in his presence. And then, and he has given us, most of us, this gift of imagination. And imagination can be used for fantasy, it can be used to dream about the future, it can be used for all these different things, most of which are good, it can also be used for not good things. But in a particular way in prayer, God gives us this gift of imagination so we can image him. It's a way that we can see him and we can interact with him. And so I encourage you, to, as, you're, as we're praying throughout these next few days, to really engage your imaginations and picture him speaking to you and with you or put yourself in a scene of the Bible. One of the ways I'm often aware that God is speaking to me is I end up being the person I didn't want to be. You know, like I'm praying with um, the prodigal son, for example. Well, I don't want to be the older brother, and, well, you're the older brother. <laughs> but he speaks to me in a really powerful way when he puts me in the scene in that place. Um, and then the last thing I want to say before we get started is, I said, I heard so clearly but not audibly. There are times that God speaks audibly. There are times that he appears or gives visions that are actual, actually seen with physical sight. But most often, he speaks to us and reaches us through our spiritual senses. So we have so many babies here, and we've seen in these babies' lives how their physical senses develop. You know, at the beginning, you're looking at them, and 
They can't even see, you know, beyond this distance. And now our grandson sees me and he comes to me because he knows, he not only sees me, but he knows who I am. And how much has happened in one year? Um, hearing, you know, first of all, a baby recognizes his parents' voices. And then all of a sudden, he knows that doggy means bow wow, you know. And so we, we develop those senses. We develop the sense of touch, etc. We also need to ask God to help us develop our spiritual senses. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to see him. He wants us to feel him. Um, I don't have a sense of smell. And people talk about this aroma of salvation. Where's the Zexers? Wasn't it, was it Freddie was talking about when Johnny was baptized and he had the chrism and he's like, oh, the aroma of salvation. <laughs> and, and there is, there are people that can sense this aroma of God in their presence and, and touch and taste. So ask God to engage your imagination, to develop your senses because, again, he wants us to hear him more than we want to hear him. So, um, I'm going to guide you through this prayer the first time. Pete, what time do we want to break? Uh, 50 minutes. 50 minutes total? I mean, left? Well, before, we break. before we break. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to give you probably about 10 minutes of prayer. I will guide you through it. And then, um, and then I'm going to come back and conclude. I've got one last thing to share. And then we're going to break for some refreshments and, and small group, and Pete will talk about that when we get to that point. So just a thought, uh, one, other, one other thing. Um, pray as you can, not as you can't. Silence, especially when we are going a million miles an hour, which most of you are more than me, um, is hard, can be hard. But just rest in the silence. Don't worry if you get distracted, that's fine. Just kind of keep going back to the scripture passage. Um, and just again, trust that the Lord wants to speak to you, okay? So if you pull out your, the page that says who, there's just a little, few little words on the front, you can read those later. Um, but as you, if you open it up, I wrote three scripture passages out. And so if any of those passages are per particularly meaningful to you, use, use the one that speaks to you most. If you're having a hard time deciding, go with the first one. Just make it easy. The first one is that Ephesians passage that spoke to me really profoundly. The second one is the, the beginning of John, which is what I prayed with at the beginning here. In the beginning was the word. And then the last one is Isaiah 43. Actually, I think we sang a reference to that. That's the one that, um, fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, and you are mine. So... Um, and then there's a place here to journal. If you want to jot something down as you're going, fine. If you want to jot something down at the end, fine. It's, that's for you. That's, if, you wanted, if you're a journaler, great. If you're not, don't push it. That's fine, too. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we begin by just realizing that we are in your presence. We take a moment to just picture you looking at us, gazing at us with love. And as we enter into our prayer, we begin with A, acknowledging what is in our heart. 
And we take a, a moment and we can think just on the physical level. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I anxious? Um, but we also want to go deeper into the spiritual stirrings of our heart. What do, what do you want to bring to me? What do you want from me? What do I want from you? So we're going to take a couple minutes and just acknowledge what's working, how God is working in our hearts. While we continue to acknowledge what's in our hearts, that's the A, we come to the first R, which is we relate them to you, Lord. So as these thoughts arise and these feelings and these desires, we realize that we aren't just talking to ourselves, but we are talking to the one who loves us. So we are telling you, Lord, what is in our heart. And for the next five or ten minutes, we're going to just spend time receiving. And we want to receive the word that you have for us, Lord. So as you're praying with the scripture passage, just if, you're, if you get pulled in one direction, just stay there because that's the Lord speaking to you. Just this is your gift, this is your time to be in the quiet and to let him speak his particular word of love to you. After we acknowledge our heart and relate it to the Lord and receive from him, we just conclude, conclude with a little response of gratitude and resolve. And um, I realize this is not a long time, and so if there's more that it, just maybe share with the Lord that you want to return here where he's speaking to you and have some more time for him to continue to touch your heart. Lord, we give you all the glory. In your precious name we pray, amen. Um, after I had that experience with the Lord, the next day I went back and met with Monsignor and told him of what I had received in the prayer. And uh, this is where he said, can you smell that new springtime that's happening in your life? I'm like, no, I really can't. <laughs> um, but I trusted that he could because it certainly was a new, a new dawn in my life, um, a new springtime. And then he shared with me something that I've shared with a number of people, and it, it has had a profound impact on me, and I believe it has on others as well. He said, Cheryl, there are three I am statements. I am who others see me to be. I am who see me to be. I am who God sees me to be. So I am who others see me to be, who I see me to be, and who God sees me to be. And then he leaned in and he said, only one of those I am statements is true. And when he said that, I realized that I had spent my entire life up until that moment living either in the lie that I am who others see me to be, in which case I'm always wondering what other people are thinking, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of others, when I, pl I played basketball in 10th grade, I scored three points 
and I shot 100%. I never took a shot because I didn't want to miss, because I didn't want others to see me miss. That's painful. <laughs> so I, or I would try to like hide my mistakes. For me, actually, the lie of I am who I see me to be was worse. The struggle I had with perfectionism was toxic because I felt if I made a mistake, that meant there was something wrong with me and I wasn't lovable. But when I knew who God sees me to be, when I knew that he chose me before he even began to create the world exactly as I am and that he delights in me, those other lies no longer mattered. I used to dance really calmly as opposed to my husband. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm still not quite that extreme, but... Um, you know, I'm so free. I'm so much more free. And I just want that for each and every one of us. God wants that for us. He wants us to live in the joy of his love. Let's close in prayer. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Lord, we just ask that we claim that power, that we claim our identity as your beloved, cherished, delightful children. Amen.